0: Good morning, Pastor Church. Hope you're doing well in this crazy world in which we live. Amen. Just remember, we are living in this world, but we are not of this world. I thank God for that. Let's pray this morning. Father, in the wonderful name of Jesus, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. We bind the enemy from this service, from this video, and from everyone who's who's watching it in Jesus' name. From everywhere it might be posted. And we just thank you for your goodness and your grace, and we thank you for all the answers that we seek are already ours in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I have so much that I want to share with you this morning. Um, We'll see how long it goes. I don't like to keep you long because people's attention drops off fairly quick, or sometimes... Sometimes folks actually hear something that they might not understand or they might not be willing to receive and they get stuck right there and they miss the entire rest of the message, which was probably explaining what they didn't understand, but they got stuck there. So don't don't be that guy or girl. Amen. We love you guys. We're, we're happy to be here. Um, I'm going to share some things that God has shared with me over the past six, eight months this morning. And I want to start off by telling you this. Don't, don't be concerned about what's going on with the election, because God is still God. Don't you be concerned. Amen? Do not be concerned. Keep your eyes on Him, and you'll do fine. About six months ago, and I'm sharing these things because I've shared them with a lot of people, but I've never shared them with this specific this specific group. Amen? So I want to do that now. About six months ago, I was just basically doing nothing I was kind of occupied. If you want to know the truth I was in the shower and God talks to me in the shower a lot. I don't know why he just does. But I heard him saying to me, Scott, I want you to begin to confess the scripture that is in the gospels where it says that those who want to be in charge have to be made to serve. And you know, the reason for that scripture and the wisdom behind that is is until you learn how to serve you're not ready to lead. I mean, because the leader has to be the servant to, to all, and you don't start out by leading, you start out by serving. Oh look, the sun's coming out a little bit. Ooh, we had some storms this week, there's some storms in the world right now. We're riding the currents above them, amen? So he said, I want you to start speaking that scripture out that those that want to be in charge and need to be made to serve. So I told him I would do that, because that's what you say to God when he asks you to do something, amen? And I began to speak that out, and he said this to me. As I was speaking, he said, there are people who have abused their positions of authorities, their platforms, be it political, be it the media, be they entertainers, be they preachers. He said, "And I'm, they've used their positions or their platforms for their own benefit to further themselves. And he said, I'm going to remove them and they're going to be made to serve. And I'm thinking, well, that is pretty slick. I like that. So I began to speak that and I spoke that out for about three weeks to a month. And I speak to the north, the south, the east, and the west. And I was out on my dock saying it one day, and I stopped and I said, Lord, I understand that you can remove anyone from any position, but what I don't understand is how you're going to get them to have the heart of a servant, to serve, because you don't mess with people's free will. You gave us free will. So how are you going to get them to serve? And He instantly said this, and what he said to me in that instant almost caused me to fall off the dock into the canal, because he said, no, Scott, he said, they're going to serve time. I will incarcerate them. Those who have abused their positions of authority. So know this. This has already started. It started with the house of God because all judgment starts with the house of God. Amen. But it's going to keep on rolling. Keep on rolling. You're not going to see an end to this because there's no end to the evil that's going on out there. But just remember what I've said and trust it because it's going to happen. It's already started to happen. So a little while after that, probably about three months after that, I was again in the shower because I'm a clean guy. Anyway, I was again in the shower and um, I was calling out the redemptive names of God. And my wife was up in New Jersey doing some business. And I say that not that she would mind me calling out to the redemptive names of God, just to say that I was getting pretty rowdy. I was yelling out, to Jehovah Rapha, to Jehovah Sidkenu, our righteousness. And I was just just yelling out, praising him for each of his redemptive knaves. Amen. And I was lingering long, and I was calling very loud to Jehovah Shalom, who's our peace. And I was getting ready to move on to Jehovah Rapha, who's my healer, when I began to speak loudly in tongues. And then something else happened while I was speaking loudly in tongues. Now, let me see this. I was not praying in tongues, I was speaking. And the difference is God was speaking through me. And the other difference was, and when I say this doesn't happen very often, this is what happened. Matter of fact, I can't remember in the past 10 years when this has happened, but I began to interpret what I was speaking. That's very rare for me. I have no problem usually interpreting what someone else is getting in, in tongues, in the spirit, but for myself, You don't get that. I knew exactly what God was saying, and he spoke with such authority and venom, anger, through me that I I, I finished my shower up, got dressed immediately, and went out to write this thing down, because this was big, big, what he was saying. I had never heard God quite that angry, especially through me, before, and this is what he said. Grab hold of this. He said, Oh, you've tried to shut my people down. You've tried to keep them quiet, make them and my truth ineffective. As if by controlling the electronic lines of communication, you could control me. I speak to all my people in a nanosecond with no means other than my Holy Spirit, my system established in my wisdom eons ago. No, you cannot shut me and mine down, no. Did you think it all went unnoticed because it seemed unchallenged by me? Do you think I'd forgotten or grown lethargic because I did not respond to your petty antics? No, I let you pile up your sins to the max so I would have no need to hold back when I move. One more time, I shall put you in your place, exposed, naked, and bleeding. One more time, shall I render your puny measure worthless, a pile of garbage at your feet. One more time, shall I punish the wicked rather than endure the observation of your evils. One more time shall the blinders be removed, and a countless second chance offered to those who were deceived, and then no more. Then I shall return in glory, and there will be no more reprieves. That is one heavy word. Amen? So get ready. Because we are in a time when evil is being exposed at, in every place, at every rank, at every level, and will be punished. Get ready, because God is giving those who were deceived one more chance, and we're a part of that. We're a part of that. We're going to be His voice. We're going to be His open arms. This is the revival that's coming, and we're going to be there for them. Amen? And it's going to be glorious. And I'm excited. And then after that, He will be back, and we will be out of here before that glory to God. Now, a good friend of mine, many of you know Michelle Tetra, sent me a video this morning. And there are tons of videos out there. I'm almost tired of seeing videos with speculation and secrets and all sorts of stuff. But she sent me a prophetic video. And since she sent it to me, I, I listened to it and I watched it. And It was pretty exciting, but let me tell you what it was based on, and let me read some things to you. And you know what? I don't even have to tell you much about this. All you've got to do is listen, and this will jump right up in your face, okay? And I'm going to start reading 1 Kings, chapter 2. This is David is king. He has been bedridden. He's old. He's about to leave this place, go home to be with his Lord and Maker. And it's time for a new king. And it says this, verse 5, 1 Kings 1.5. And I'm going to read a bit here, but I'll try and read slow. And if you listen, you should get excited. It says, at this time, Adonijah, it's one of David's kids, whose mother was Haggith, puffed himself up. Now, when someone puffs themselves up, you know God's not working there. This guy, Adonijah, puffed himself up saying, I'm the next king. He made quite a splash with chariots and riders and 50 men to run ahead of him. His father had spoiled him rotten as a child, never once reprimanding him. Besides that, he was very good looking and he was the next in line after Absalom, who was dead. But we all know that God told David that Solomon would be the next king, not Adonijah. Adonijah talked with Joab, son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar the priest, and they threw their weight on his side. But neither the priest Zadok, nor Benaiah, son of Jehodah, nor Nathan the prophet, nor Shimai and Ray, nor David's personal bodyguards supported Adonijah. Next, Adonijah hold, held a coronation feast, sacrificing sheep, cattle, and grain-fed heifers at the stone of Zoleth near the Rogel spring. He invited all his brothers got to move this down just a hair, guys. He invited all his brothers, the king's son, and everyone in Judah who had a position of influence. But he did not invite the prophet Nathan, Benaniah, the bodyguards, or his brother Solomon. Nathan the prophet went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother, and he said, did you know that Adonijah, Haggith's son, has taken over as king, and our master David doesn't know a thing about it? Quickly now, let me tell you how you can save both your own life and Solomon's. Go immediately to King David, speak up, say, Did you know my master, excuse me, didn't you, my master, the king, promise me that your son Solomon will be king after me and sit on my throne? So why is Adonijah now king? While you're talking with the king, I'll come in and I will corroborate your story. Bathsheba went at once to the king in his palace bedroom. He was so old. And Abishag was at his side, making him comfortable. As Bathsheba bowed low, honoring the king, he said, What do you want? She said, My master, you promised me in God's name your son Solomon will be king after me and sit on my throne. And now look what's happened. Adonijah has taken over as king, and my master the king doesn't even know it. He has thrown a huge coronation feast, cattle and grain-fed heifers and sheep, inviting all the king's sons and the priests of Beathar and Joab, head of the army. But your servant Solomon was not invited. My Master the King, every eye in Israel is watching you to see what you'll do, to see who will sit on the throne of my master the king after him. If you fail to act, the moment you're buried, my son Solomon and I are as good as dead. You know, if what you're doing is 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 prompted by God, and if God's in that, you don't have to hide information from anybody. Amen. If it was really God, he had he didn't have any reason not to let Solomon come to that party, but he made sure he didn't know about it. Amen. Abruptly, while she was telling the king all this, Nathan the prophet came in and was announced. Nathan the prophet is here, and he came before the king, honoring him by bowing deeply, his face touching the ground. My master, the king, Nathan began, did you say Adonijah shall be king after me and sit on my throne? Because that's what's happening. He's He's thrown a huge coronation feast, cattle, grain, fed heifers, sheep, inviting all the king's sons, the army officers, and Abiathar the priest. They're having a grand time eating, drinking, and shouting, Long live, excuse me, Long live King Adonijah. But I wasn't invited, nor was the priest Sadduck, nor Benaniah, son of Jehoda, nor your servant Solomon. Is there something that my master the king has done behind our backs, not telling your servants who you intended to be king after you? And King David took action. Get Bathsheba back in here. And she entered before the king, and the king solemnly promised, As God lives, the God who delivered me from every kind of trouble, I'll do exactly what I promise in God's name, the God of Israel. Your son Solomon will be king after me and take my place on the throne, and I'll make sure it happens this very day. Bathsheba bowed her face to the ground. And kneeling in reverence before the king, she said, Oh, may my master, King David, live forever forever. And David said, Call Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaniah's son of Jehoda, and they came to the king. Then he ordered, Gather my servants and mount my son Solomon on a royal mule and lead him in procession down to Gihon. And when you get there, Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet will anoint him king over Israel and then blow the ram's horn trumpet and shout, Long live King Solomon. You will then accompany him as he enters and takes his place on my throne, succeeding me as king. I have named him ruler over Israel and Judah. And this is exactly what they did. Amen? Now, Ajaniah, I'm jumping ahead to 41, Ajaniah and his retinue of guests were just finishing their coronation feast when they heard it. When Joab heard the blast of the ram's horn trumpet, he said, what's going on here? What's all the uproar? Suddenly, in the midst of the questioning, Jonathan, son of Abiathar the priest, showed up, and Ajaniah said, excuse me, Adonijah said, boy, I'm telling you, this name is knocking me over here. <laughs> Adonijah said, welcome, brave and good man like you must have good news. But Jonathan said, hardly our master King David has just made Solomon king. And the king has surrounded him with Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaniah of Je- Jehoda, with the Karathites, the Pelophites, and they mounted Solomon on the Royal Mule, and Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king of Gihon. And the parade is heading this way, seeing a great fanfare, the city is rocking. That's what you're hearing. And Solomon is seated on the throne of the kingdom. And that's not all. The king's servants have come to give their blessing to our master, King David, saying, God, makes Solomon's name even more honored than yours and makes this rule greater than yours. And on his deathbed, the king worshiped God and prayed, Blessed be God, Israel's God, who has provided a successor to my throne, and I've lived to see it. And at that point, Adonijah panicked. His guests got out of there, and they cut and scattered. And he was afraid, which he should have been. Amen. He was afraid, which he should have been, because he tried to steal something that wasn't his. He's tried to steal the kingdom from the one that God had appointed it to. And that never works out. Amen? Now, what am I looking for here? Oh, so later on, Adonijah came to Bathsheba, and she asked for a favor. She said, do you come in peace? And he said, I'm in peace. May I say something to you? And she said, go ahead. You know that I had the kingdom right in my hands and everyone expected me to be king and the whole thing backfired and the kingdom landed in my brother's lap and this was God's doing? I don't think I have to say anymore. We're gonna see God's will done in this country as long as his people are willing to stand and believe. but pay any attention to the noise that's going on around you because there'll be another noise pretty soon. I believe that with my whole heart. I believe that with my whole heart. I don't have to say any more along those lines. Hope I didn't lose anybody out there. Now I'm going to share something else with you. I heard all of that through a prophet. I posted it up on Facebook. It's there if you want to see it. He had a lot of good things to say, bore witness with my spirit. Judgment starts at the house of God. We've already seen that start, as I said. Proverbs 24, 5 and 6 says this. Wisdom can make anyone into a mighty warrior. And revelation knowledge increases strength. God's knowledge revealed to us. God does that to us personally. He does it through the prophets. So, when the prophetic word comes, it strengthens us. Wise strategy is necessary to wage war. And with many astute advisors, and with revelation knowledge, you see the path to victory more clearly. Who are you listening to right now? Who are you listening to? If you're listening to the news, you're in a lot of fear. If you're listening to God and his prophets and his people and his teachers, you should be at peace. You know what? God is committed to take care of us no matter what. And that's what you need to know. And it's also, he's never never told us to hate the world no matter what. He's told us not to take part in the things that are going on out there. And the only reason this troubles us so much is because we've become too comfortable living in the world instead of realizing we're living in the kingdom of God far above everything that's going on here. Proverbs 24, 15, 16 additionally says this, Listen up, you wicked, irreverent ones. Don't harass the lovers of God. Don't invade their resting place, for the lovers of God may suffer adversity. They may stumble seven times, but they will continue to rise up over and over again. But the unrighteous are brought down by just one calamity and will never be able to rise again. I believe I heard from the Lord when he told me that those who abuse their positions of power are about to be stripped of it and and punished for it. I'm sitting watching it happen now, and it has started at the body of Christ. And if you have an ear to the things of going on in the church, you know what I'm talking about there, too. I don't have to call people out, amen? We don't have to call folks out. And we should pray for those, amen? We should pray for those. who are are being taken out of their positions of authority. Maybe God will still spare them. But what you need to understand is this. You won the day you got saved. You can't get any more successful than born again. That all of this, when it gets straightened out, will lead into the greatest revival I believe we've ever seen on this planet. And we're going to get to be a part of that. And I'll tell you something else, I believe right smack in the middle of that greatest revival that will be taken out of here in the catching away, in the rapture of the church. I was praying one day, I never shared this with, with anybody really, well I shared it with some individuals and I had it confirmed by a man who was like a dad to me, Hilton Sutton, she gave me scripture for it even, he said that was exactly right, but one day when we were praying, I saw the end time revival, I saw us all just ministering right and left, I saw people getting saved thousands upon thousands. And I was looking at it and I said, during this time, I was having this, this open vision in my house. I said to the Lord, and after that, you'll come and we'll be out of here. He said, no, not after that. Right in the middle of it, I'll come. So said, why would you come in the middle of such a, such a great revival? Why would you come in the middle of that? And he said, I told you I would come back at a time when you least expected. it. Now I don't know the day or the hour, but you hang on, stand strong, and watch and see what happens. This is the greatest time to be alive right now. God's got everything in hand. God's got a plan, and what you want to do is draw close to Him to make sure that you're part of that plan, that you're doing your part. Amen? Not that He's going to punish you if you don't, but you want to be a part of this. This is the most awesome thing that could possibly have gone forth and it's going to happen right in our time. We were destined, we were chosen to live in this time with all this upheaval and to usher in that end time revival. So I invite you to be excited with me. I invite you to take part with all of us. And I invite you to begin to wear your faith so people can see it. Not in a condemning, accusing way, but in an open, loving, open arms way because you can't win a world that you're angry at, amen? I was at a meeting last week and uh, Bishop Tony Miller was there and he shared that and it just hit me hard. He said, you can't win a world that you're mad at. We're not called to be mad at these folks. We're called to win them and you win them by loving them and sharing the truth with them, amen? not over till it's over, and it's all God's anyway, so it won't be over till he's done. And when he's spoken, nothing changes. Very interesting. One other thing that was addressed in that prophecy today, and I'm going to share it with you real quick, if I can. The man who was speaking, his name was Chris, I forget his last name, but if you look up on Facebook, you could find it, if they haven't taken it down. Would they actually do that? Anyway, Okay, my wife will yell at me for that one. Anyway, let's take a look at that, because that was in, if I wanna read it out of this translation or not, I never have, but it might be actually interesting. Let's take a look here. God spoke to the prophet and he said, look at the message to the church of Philadelphia, because everything hinges on Philadelphia Wow. Is this not interesting? So let's read the message to the church at Philadelphia in the book of Revelation. It says, verse 7 Write this to Philadelphia, to the angel of the church, the holy, the true, David's key in his hand, opening doors no one can shut, closing doors no one can open. He said, I see what you've done. Now see what I've done. I've opened a door before you that no one can slam shut. He said, Church, you don't have much strength. I know that. You used what you had to keep my word, but you didn't deny me when things got rough. And as I watch, and as I take those who call themselves true believers, but are nothing of the kind, pretenders whose true membership is in the club of Satan, watch as I strip off their pretensions, and they're forced to acknowledge, it's you that I've loved, because you've kept my word in passionate patience, because you've persevered. I'll keep you safe in the time of testing, that will be here soon and over the earth. Every man, every woman, and child put to the test. I'm on my way and I'll be there soon. Keep a tight grip on what you have so no one distracts you and steals your crown. There's a little more. We don't have to go any further. Lord, 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 what a crazy time, what a wonderful time. We thank you, we praise you, we give you the glory and the honor We magnify your great, great name. Jesus, King of kings, Lord of lords. Father, I pray over all these people. I pray this message goes far and wide. I pray for the body of Christ, that they stand strong, they persevere, because they will see. Your will done. Because doors you open, nobody shuts. Doors you shut, nobody opens. We thank you, Lord. That our future is in your hands and better hands it could not be in. And we give you the glory and the honor for that in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys have a great, great week. Amen. I tell some people about the broadcast if, if you like to. Leave me some feedback on, on Facebook. I mean, maybe you don't need to hear from me anymore. I don't know. Um, maybe you've all found a place to be and that's wonderful. Let me know. I love you. God bless.